At the Katrina Word Hour Crown for Calls podcast, I am with special Jordan Gordon, International Miss 2021, dedicated firefighter and MT, and proud normalizer of the grief process. And welcome to Crown for Calls podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So share about me, Miss Jordan. So I just wanted to say thank you again for having me here. I really admire what you're doing with bringing people from all walks of life to kind of just share about themselves and the causes that are important to them. I think this is a really cool kind of hub for all of that. I listened to some of your previous episodes, Mm -hmm. so I appreciate all of that. (laughs) That's wonderful. So tell me about you and where you're from. So, um, just so everybody has a little background, my name is Jordan Goddard, I'm 30 years old, and I'm a career firefighter and EMT, but also a former elementary school teacher, and I enjoy competing in pageants as a hobby. I (laughs) live in Maryland and work in Virginia, and I have aspirations of becoming a paramedic with the organization that I work for, and also uh, hope to become a certified grief educator. And as you stated a little bit earlier, uh, I've also earned the title of International Ms. 2021 back Mm -hmm. in September. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about your career as a firefighter and an EMT, and also doing a normalizing grief awesome yeah two two of my biggest kind of passions in life recently (laughs) so I have um, I've been a firefighter and EMT for going going on two years Um, so I'm pretty pretty new to the career and Mm -hmm. honestly I think it's the best job in the world I spent my college years studying to become an elementary school teacher and then spent Mm -hmm. six years uh, out of college Mm -hmm. teaching second third and fourth grades but um, but time, by the time I was in my sixth year teaching, I started having a lot of difficulty uh, just seeing myself 20 years into the profession. Mm-hmm. And I was unsure if I'd be able to develop work-life balance, among other things. Um, don't get me wrong, teaching is a very, very demanding career path. And I hold them, I hold teachers in the highest regard, especially with everything that's going on with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just knew it kind of wasn't going to last and both my parents were in the fire service. My mom was wow. a paramedic and That's she funny. loved her job. And my dad was everything from a firefighter to a drill sergeant to a wow. chief. So you are doing the legacy, you know, um, I, the legacy. <laughs> I guess that's what some people might say, yes. And I mean, both of them just spoke really highly of their careers and they said that they absolutely loved going to work and that they loved it so much they really didn't think of it as work. So I kind of just wanted that. I wanted something like that. And I knew that I would always be a public servant, but you know, being a firefighter mm-hmm. grants me a really dynamic workplace. Um, I have a second family, basically, and there's an emphasis mm-hmm. on physical training and serving the community. Um, so after I attended the Fire and Rescue Academy for several months, I became an emergency medical technician and firefighter and now work in Northern Virginia. And I don't regret a single decision that I have mm-hmm. made. It's really the best job and it's That's cool. wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool to also be um, a young female in this organization. So it kind of helps me inspire other young ladies to pursue whatever direction they choose. That is awesome. Because awesome. y'all do a lot more than just, you know, complete firefighters. Y'all do a lot of other things too. 
to the community and everything. Yeah, lots of lots of different hats. <laughs> right, right. So I know you've been there for two years and you already explained the reason why you went into the profession and mm-hmm. a career change and also you carrying on that legacy with your family. So that is that is awesome. That's a plus. Uh, what you. made you get involved in normalizing grief? So it's not a journey that I wanted to be on, um, mm-hmm. but in May of 2021, I unexpectedly lost a significant other to the disease of addiction. And then almost exactly four months later, in September of 2021, I lost my dad to cancer. Mm-hmm. So in a very short period of time, you know, you with you know two deaths kind of close to each other like that, you're, fl- you're thrust into a completely unfamiliar world of grief and sadness and guilt and anger and confusion and all of a sudden I just didn't know which way was up and which way was down so it's not really a journey I wanted to be on but mm-hmm. it's something that I'm passionate about because it's not the the process of grief mm-hmm. is so human and oh, so yeah. raw and everyone is going to experience it at some point we oh, don't yeah. escape this <laughs> yes we all experience and and grief is not only, you know, just death, it's anything. I mean losing a job, divorce. Absolutely. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of into it. Um, I mean, I know you probably don't know my background. I, I am a um, mental health professional, so yeah. I do deal with the grief side of it. And I always wanted um actually went to a group years ago when I was doing the school and I was dealing with uh, a, a group of grief people that was grieving and I attended at, that this church was given and I actually it's pretty cool to continue on because a lot of people get stuck into you know doing different things and not normalizing that they know they need some help doing that doing the grieving process so how could it taste so what can uh, grieving process can be important for people to get into? So what do, you, what do you think about that? How could we get people that lose a, a loved one to start going to grieving counseling or going somewhere to a grieving group? Um, well, I think when when most people think of grief or the grief process, I, I think a lot of people will identify with the like the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. We use mm-hmm. that denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Why? And even if you Google the term grief process on the internet, mm-hmm. you see that it's it's often depicted by these pretty linear graphs and flow charts and maybe the occasional like U-shaped picture to help portray, nice. you know, depth and things like that. But it's just not like that. <laughs> I know it's not, but it's, it's the way... I'm glad that you're be able to, you know, educate, and I believe you should continue on to do that career, you know, do that part to where you can educate people and get it out there because that's what's going on. And I have seen this plenty of time with what people go through doing grief. I'm sure. And it's just like the process itself isn't necessarily something you just start doing. It's it's thrust upon you sometimes in a violent and unexpected way or sometimes even like a way that's eerily calm but insidious. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the most important thing for people to realize whether or not they determine that um, counseling or therapy is, the, is or is not the direction they want to go, it's just recognizing that what you are feeling as a result of grief is normal and and hopefully like that little 
tiny thing is at least a starting point for right. what eventually turns into some form of healing, whatever that person may determine that to be. Um, all those really weird things that you do or say or think while dealing with the grief process are normal. Like, you know, keeping pictures, not being able to listen to certain songs, um, right. like smelling their cologne or, you know, assuming that the, the grief you're experiencing is that of a person who has died. All of these weird, th for me, I wasn't able to sleep on the same side of the bed. Very mm -hmm. odd. But these all, all these things are normal and no one has to approve of them. No one who infringes upon your ability to deal right. in a manner that you see fit needs a space in your life, um, quite frankly. And grief is, is for everyone because it doesn't differentiate between good humans and bad humans, young and right. old, and others, skin color, any, any other thing that might differentiate us as humans. It's a human experience that binds us together, but it's just as important to recognize and importantly, respect that every single person is gonna deal with it differently regardless of whether or not their situations are technically similar. Right, right. That's a good, you know, thing to, you know, like I said, everybody grieves different and it does take a long period of time. So it does. It's 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 the it's the um, you know, 10 p.m. you're getting ready to sleep and by 10.07 you've had some sort of meltdown triggered by a smell or a memory or something you've something read like scrolling it, through right. Facebook. And then you're waking up at 6 a.m. to spend a full day surviving work and maybe you forgot to like eat or drink. Uh, maybe you cried at work or maybe you robotically like made it through the day. And then you're dealing with friends and family members who might have good intentions and want to help but right. might take personally your lack of interest or inability to engage or they say all the wrong cliche platitudes because they think that's what you want to hear. And maybe you lose people outright who you thought were going to be there when the world ended, but ended up not being what you needed when you needed it. Right. And it's anger and guilt and denial and depression and disorientation and blame and longing and yearning and hoping all rolled into one. It's it's messy. And regardless of the way that you choose to deal with those emotions, it's okay. <laughs> it has well, to be. Some people enter into, you know, they may have some type of, you know, like grieving process or de major depression. They do. For a grown period of time. And it they takes do. a long time or they do something, you know, out of content that is not, you know, normalizing for them. So. Exactly. I mean, I'm I am in the throes of depression myself. I struggle with it. I mm -hmm. up until an hour and a half ago, I was crying about this exact topic. You know, wow. and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But you you here and look where you at. And yes, um, I'm glad you. we'll be able to spread the word and and about the importance of it. I so, what made you enter into International Miss 2021? International Ms. is a really spectacular organization run by an equally amazing team of women that I have worked with before in the pageant world. Mm -hmm. And I've always competed in pageants as a hobby. It was actually a hobby that my, my dad and I really enjoyed doing together. He would come to every single event. Um, he was my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. And 
I knew at the beginning of last year, right around this time, that International Miz was a really stand-up organization committed to showcasing women who have lives, they have families, they have businesses, mm-hmm. doing all sorts of amazing things with nonprofit organizations and and really making a change in their corner of the world. And when I compete in pageants, I do my research. I I try to see if I would be a good fit for the organization, right. if the organization's a good fit for me. And I always ask around, hey, you've competed in this organization before. What were your thoughts? Right. And I couldn't find a single person that had anything bad to say. Yes, <laughs> um, and not to mention, I had worked with the um, with the director on some on some level before, and she is a powerhouse. Her name is Laura Clark, and she puts mm-hmm. on a really amazing show. And I was really happy to accept uh, a state title, the Maryland state title. And obviously, uh, as I stated, I went on to win the international Miss title and had an excellent time. The only kind of caveat was was that. Mm-hmm. International Miz, as excited as I was about it, um, took kind of a, a back seat. Uh, my dad uh, died on September 1st and the pageant oh, was on September 12th. Oh, no. So for a while I decided, I was trying to decide, oh God, am I actually going to go and do this knowing the, the connection that pageants and me and my dad always had. Um, And I'm really glad that I decided to do it because what people were telling me about the organization leading up to that was exactly what I got out of it. I was on the train to New York City where our pageant is held Mm -hmm. and I received a video, like a compilation video Mm -hmm. from nearly every single contestant recording something for me like words of encouragement and support they they put them all together and sent it to me and i cried like an ugly person on the wow so that was just like you know your dad was there you know he was there in the walk of life to see you go to that pageant it was if he was there he would have said keep it was bittersweet um it was a very bittersweet moment so suffice it to say i I know firsthand the caliber and the quality of delegates and 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 women that I have met along the way really proves the organization's message. Like I know it firsthand yeah. and you know if I if anybody ever messages me about competing that's exactly what you know what I would tell them this this is what happened and um, it's just really cool to be among a really diverse group of of women who are just dedicated and put everything into what it is that they are doing with their lives and their families and and everybody's super real and that's what I wanted out of an organization and that's exactly what I got. That is awesome. So what are some um, community service um, you have done since having this title? So it's been slightly challenging. Um, Everything is kind of a dynamic situation right now because of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. there are um, restrictions that 
you know, are there now that might not have been there three months ago. So a lot of the things that I feel that I have done um, are virtual. For example, I take I take great pride in what it is that I do as um, at, for my career. And so one of kind of my uh, funnest I guess projects was October was fire prevention month. So I reached out to teachers across the country. Um, I believe I ended up making four or five different Zoom presentations about fire safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of combined the, oh my gosh, she's a, a she is a pageant girl with also, she's also this firefighter over here. Oh. And kind of a cool jumping off point to talk about something that is really important to me. And that's fire safety. Um, So that was a a really cool thing that I've been able to do um, specifically with the Zoom platform. I do have future intentions of becoming a a grief educator, certified grief educator. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope to take that and kind of expand upon that topic. Also utilizing the online platform to Mm -hmm. reach more people and more uh, areas. Right. I think that's awesome. So how can uh, we reach you? So for me, uh, I have both uh, personal, obviously, and organizational, I suppose, social medias. So I am on Instagram and Twitter. My personal handle is at Hey Goddard, which is my last name. So that's Hey, G-O-D-D-A-R-D. But also my uh, International Ms. 2021 organization can be found on Instagram and Facebook. And their Instagram handle is at International Ms pageant that is Ms with one M and one S so international Ms pageant and you can also go to facebook.com slash international Ms pageant to find us there um what positive feedback can you give to listeners on crown clubhouse do you mean about the podcast because I have lots of good things to say (laughs) yeah about you know anything that you want to give to the listener um you know like a positive feedback so I think two things Um, the best piece of advice that I have received lately from a friend of mine who has been kind of helping me along the grief journey is that what you are feeling is normal and it is valid and it is worth being seen and recognized and acknowledged and it's okay if somebody doesn't fix it mm-hmm. for you. Um, I, I can't really say enough about the normalization of the grief process and how important it is that we just talk about this topic that is mm-hmm. certainly not taught in schools. And a lot of times we don't really acknowledge it in life <laughs> until right. it's like right in front of our faces. And so I really appreciated that advice. It's something that I kind of keep in the back of my head as I'm dealing with the waves of feeling and emotion. And then I will also leave the listener with this. Uh, Crown for a Cause podcast is a really cool kind of platform to basically just showcase something that you are super passionate about. You've done an amazing job reaching out to me and um, uh, 
basically just saying, hey, does anybody want a space on this podcast? (laughs) So if you have something that you're passionate about, I recommend that they look you up on social media and fill out the easy form that you have (laughs) that you put out there and um, have that spotlight, have that opportunity to talk about something you're passionate about because that's what I'm doing now and I don't regret it. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Miss Jordan um, Gorder for being on Crown Fuck House Podcast. I wish you the best in your profession as a firefighter, EMT, as your title holder in the National Miss 2021, as well as the normalizing grief, um, upcoming, um, becoming that and getting that off the rocket. So I really, really do appreciate you for being on this podcast. Thank you. This is Dr. Katrina Wardlock with Crown Fuck House Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>